Hi everyone, it's Kino here. Thanks so much for joining me on Seek Up, the yoga inspiration show. I am so grateful for you and grateful to you for tuning in and sharing this journey with me. I am overwhelmed with how many people come up to me and say that they're really enjoying this type of communication, teaching, and sharing. So thank you so much for being a part of this journey of yoga, this journey of spirituality, this journey of mindfulness, this journey of seeking wisdom. More than anything else, this is meant to support the seeker's journey, meant to support you on the path. If you find this series of teaching really beneficial, the way that you can support this series is to become a member of the Om Stars yoga community and practice. We have decided to make this series free and available to everyone so that no matter where you are in the world, you can get the teachings that will hopefully provide sustenance for the seeker's journey. And for those of you that can become a member and give your support, please know that I appreciate it. And I'll see you on the mat real soon. Hi, everyone. It's Kino here. Thanks for tuning in to Seek Up, the Yoga Inspiration Show. I'm here with Azadeh, whose name in Farsi means free spirit. Her middle name is Julia. She was born in the United States. She's the founder of two yoga studios in Northern Virginia, and she's been doing yoga since she was a teenager in Iran. And I'm very, very grateful for your presence here today so that we can talk about everything that's happening. So thank you so much for, for joining and would you like me to call you Julia or, or Azadeh? Are you happy for both? Yeah, uh, both, uh, but Azadeh is very good. It sounds good today just because okay. of what is happening in Iran. Let's go with Azadeh. <laughs> Super. Absolutely. So thank you so much for coming on and, and speaking. You are, uh, as, as we spoke about, and as I mentioned, you were born in the United States, but you are from, from Iran. And how does, in terms of everything that's happening how do you feel right now in regards to um, this sort of dual perspective that you sit with? So um, I grew up in Iran. I was five years old when the revolution happened in Iran. And oh. so my parents decided to move back to Iran. Um, and we were all hopeful that we're going to have more freedom. So that was the, the promise in 1979. I was born in 1977. So uh, we went back to Iran and when I was five and um, I grew up in Iran. I came here when I was only uh, when I was 25 uh, to study here and to get my master's degree. So right now, seeing what is happening in Iran, I know exactly how it feels in the street of Tehran because I have been in protest before. But what makes this time uh, and what is happening so unique it's just this movement start. It's a woman movement. It's a, it started with the death of Masa Amini in the hands of a morality police just because her hair was showing. And women of Iran are fed up. They were like, no more. We cannot. For 43 years, you took the autonomy autonomy of our own our bodies. And um, we, we cannot stay silent anymore. And it makes me really proud to see what is happening. But at the same time, I am very sad to see what the, the price they are paying. They're paying the price with their own life. They're really taking a bullet. Um, this 
the, this is really interesting because in United States, we are screaming and we are, we are demanding the same thing that we need to have choice over our own body. This is not unique to Iran, but Iranian women are uh, de defining the meaning of bravery um, in the face of mm -hmm. what is happening. Mm -hmm. So in regards to activism and in regards to protesting, there are people all over the world who are coming out in support of the protesters in Iran. I'm here in Copenhagen and at the city hall, there are people standing waving the Iranian flag. And I've seen images of similar protests coming up in all sorts of cities all around the world. So how can people who are maybe reading about it in the news and inspired by the actions taken by the women of Iran and the people of Iran who are protesting for their autonomy and standing up for their freedom, what can people do to support the movement? So I, I don't know if you heard, but uh, the, the Mahsa Amini hashtag, it become, became um, number one hashtag in the history of Twitter. It passed 120 million. So this is what is happening in Iran. We are being heard for the first time. This is not a new movement. We've been fighting for our rights in Iran, but this is the first time that the world is listening. So if you are listening, if you are a woman, if you are a man, if you are standing for um, human rights, this is the time to speak up. This is not unique to Iran. Again, I'm saying this because especially as a yogi, I feel like as someone who is in the pa uh, practicing mindfulness, um, uh, we cannot sit silent uh, and just watch what is happening. We have the obligation. We have an obligation um, inspired so many leaders, inspired generation after him. Um, we have to be that source of inspiration and send a message to the Iranians who are fighting right now that you have a voice. If in your own country, they're killing you, women outside Iran, they care about your cause because this is their cause as well. Rosa Park was not only just one person that belonged to America. Rosa Park inspired all the women around the world. So um, I think this is really not even a woman movement. This is becoming beyond that. This is a movement of consciousness, but this is a conscious movement. This is like people are just saying like, we want to have the freedom to choose for ourselves. And that's why it is so important to do like to use the hashtag Mahsa Amini to continue to speak up. And I have to thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for informing um, your audience what about what is happening in Iran. I'm talking about this in my yoga classes during Shavasana. After Shavasana, I tell them this is important. We need to stay informed. This is our obligation. We cannot just um, choose spiritual bypassing. I am angry. Anger is a valid feeling. We learn that in meditation to, to see all of our feelings, to honor it. And not right now, I'm mad as hell because of what is happening in other part of the world. I am upset because this in our, our Supreme Court makes a decision, majority of male making a decision of how I should choose for myself. 
This is not about Iran. This is about women of India. This is about women of United States and all over the world. That's why we cannot stay silent anymore. We have to be their voice. There is no internet in Iran right now as I'm speaking. I was not able to talk to my mother for three days. And I wake up in the morning every day I call my mom. She is my, my inspiration. And she named me Azadeh, a free spirit. And she, she keeps telling me from Iran, go and protest. Don't stay silent. My mom is a yogi, is a type of yogi that has never done yoga. But off the mat, she, she keeps telling me, you have to be brave. You have to speak up. And I think as a woman, we have that duty to, to teach the people around us how to be brave, how to speak for the truth. I really appreciate this connection between the, 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 the struggles for choice, for body, bodily autonomy, for equal rights being not something other, but something personal that each woman, no matter which country we're in, no matter what privileges or disadvantages we may have, have, have had in our lives, that this is, this is an, you know, an urgent and pressing matter to educate ourselves about, to speak up for where we can to share the news and share the information. I've spoken with some of my friends who didn't know what was happening and just to share with them some news articles and some information about it to open their eyes so that then we can take what course of action um, can potentially lead to, you know, to change. At the same time, it can be frustrating to think, gosh, well, what can I do to help a situation in another country. So if we're in the United States, one of the things that everybody gives a direction to is support on social media, but also write to your local representatives and write to your, you know, your state senators and, 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 and make it known what kind of policy decisions that we want that affect us on a personal level and also on a global level. What do you think can be done internationally in terms of you know, international relations to help support the, the people of Iran who are protesting and risking their lives for their freedom now. As you said, this, this is the best thing to do, to write to your senators, to tell them, you know, this is what happen, is happening. Why you turn in a blind eye? Why are you negotiating with this government, the, the Islamic Republic of Iran, while people are getting oppressed in, um, they're dying in the streets. What is happening? Hold them accountable. Just tell them like, you know, when are we going to see a shift? Uh, because it, it's been 43 years and they are still working with, with them. You know, they need to pay the consequences of their actions and what they are doing. And I think the more we stay silent and make it about Iranian women and their cause, we are, we are, I'm not going to see any any this movement getting anywhere and that's the the if this movement doesn't get anywhere it's it's a loss for all of us we mm -hmm. are all in this together and we are all as we talk about it in yoga all the time we are all one right well, how can we we cannot this time we need to go a little bit further than this we cannot um remain silent we should write to our senators we should use the hashtag Mahsa Amini. People uh, that they have bit, like they have a huge following on Instagram, on uh, other social media platform, they need to say their names. 
the, say the name of people who are dying in Iran, say the name of Mahsa Amini, let the world pay attention. But, um, and again, the, I don't want to make this only about I Iran. If you understand how this cause is impacting you as a human being, then, then you know, you, 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 you will talk. I, we need to forget about just this for one second, that this is about injustice happening in another country. No, when George Floyd was, you know, it died, the people of Iran talked about it. They, they, they when mm -hmm. September 11 happened, we came out in the street, regardless of the, the government policies, and we held a candlelight uh, for all the victims of September 11. That's how we are connected. And I want to remind everyone of that. So do your activism and write to your senators and say, what are you doing for the women, uh, women and men uh, in mm -hmm. Iran? And I have to say, you know, say kudos to the men also, because they are fighting with women in Iran. Of course, women are on the front line. They put their hair in a ponytail and saying goodbye to their family, not knowing if they're going to go back home. They know, they know they might die and they still go and men are right there with them. So this started with uh, as a woman movement, but we have conscious being men standing right there by them, defending them. So that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. We started something, but you know, it just, it, it rippled and everybody else is now and kind of a, it's awakening. It's a moment of awakening for the world to see that we are all equal. Absolutely. Have you had any uh, backlash from speaking so publicly and vocally? You said you talk about this in your yoga classes back in the U.S. You're posting about it on social media. Have you had any backlash or any pushback from people when you've brought this up? No, no. Oh my goodness. You know, people are, they just don't know. They're like, Oh, is this what, what is happening in Iran? And, you know, um, it, they, they love to hear about it. Women in America, uh, they love to, to hear about it. Uh, absolutely not. I think slowly people are just like getting informed and, you know, any human being with conscious, like would, would want to know, um, about the pain and suffering of another human being and they want to be there. Um, and if this does not disturb you that a 22 years old in nowadays in this modern society can die because she had her hair out like and her scarf was not, you know, covered the way they wanted their, the hair was not covered the, the way they forced her to do. Uh, if you are not disturbed by this, then, then, you know, um, you cannot call yourself a human being. We, we cannot just like turn our eyes and just say, oh no, I always want to be peaceful. I'm a yogi. I just burn a candle and this is it. No, absolutely not. And I, I am proud to say that uh, the, pe the people that they come to my yoga studios and they practice, they, they, uh, they understand that, that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, they have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad to hear that because sometimes when, when in the yoga world, people post about things that are happening, sometimes people 
have a really strong reaction and and sort of encourage this spiritual bypassing. So I'm so glad that you haven't been on the receiving end of that. How about from um, any people that are, uh, are there any risks that you take by posting and sharing? Are there any kind of threats that come towards you from supporters of the restrictive government that is uh, in, in Iran right now? Are there risks associated for you? Absolutely. Uh, they monitor social media. They they follow you. They take pictures. They are here in America. Their supporters are everywhere. So uh, because they know if the the regime collapse, they don't have anywhere to go. This is their fight as well too. They are fighting to the end uh, to stay in power. Um, and so what they do, they, they, they come to protest and pretend that they are one of us and they take pictures. Uh, so if you go back to Iran, they, they probably arrest you at the airport. I have all of my family members in Iran. So for me, my, I'm, I'm risking not seeing my 84 years old father, anything happened to my family. I, if I want to go, I, uh, I, I will be very much fearful for my own life, my, my own safety. So every single Iranian is paying the price for freedom. This is the really def- the definition when we say, oh, that free- freedom is not free. That is true. This is the, mm-hmm. the price I am paying, but this is minimal compared to what they are paying back home. They are going through the bullets, really through the bullets. They are removing their scarf and they are like, okay, shoot me. What are you going to do? And they shoot. They shoot. And that's the thing. You know, this is what we are facing. When I see that, um, how can I worry about my own safety all the way in Washington, D.C.? I mean, mm-hmm. at least I know I'm protected. I was sobbing uh, when I went to protest, protest in front of the United Nations. I decided to go in the morning and come back. As I was sitting in the Amtrak, I was crying for the, the people of Iran. I'm like, how privileged I am. This is how I'm going to protest. I'm sitting in the Amtrak, going to New York, knowing that the American police is protecting me. Nothing will happen to me. And I was exhausted when I came back. These girls are in the street. This is the day 12 with no food, nothing. They just go and get tear gas and bullets. So for me to worry about my, my, uh, myself, absolutely not. I am ready for this. This, this enough is enough. We had 43 years. Uh, we cannot. Uh, I have the obligation towards the next generation. We have to pass the torch of freedom to them. Do you think that you will ever go back to Iran? I love Iran. Iran is mm-hmm. such a fun country. And I was just like, as I was coming for, to talk to you, I'm like, I hope one day Kino can get upside <laughs> down in the Freedom Square. We have a Freedom Square. It's beautiful <laughs> with her short. And there is another woman <laughs> who is covered next to her. And we all can coexist. This is not about removing the scarf. And this is about having the choice. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hope one day you can come to Iran. Most Americans know uh, Iranians uh, for their carpets and Persian cats <laughs> and pistachio. But now they know us because of our women. And I want I want to see the day that we can all go to Iran and just see the, the, the history, thousand years of history. Rumi is from Iran. Hafiz is from Iran. We contributed so much 
to the democracy. Um, and it is so sad to see what is happening in, in Iran, but it's very uplay, uplifting at the same time. This is, this is the, the paradox that at the same time that is sad, I am so happy that people are in the street and they're fighting for different. They were, we, we um, Iranian gave the, the first declaration of human rights uh, to the world. We have to defend that. And I am hoping that one day uh, we all can go to Iran without any precautions. But I, I do, I, I do want to go back to my country for sure. Maybe not now, just because mm -hmm. I don't want to torture my family. I mean, not mm -hmm. that I'm worried about me. I'm not worried about me. Um, I'm ready to pay the price. But because of my family, I, I definitely have to wait a little bit. <laughs> when was the last time you were back? I. I was there four years ago. So mm -hmm. um, four years ago. And I, since then, I have not been to, to Iran. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when I can go back. And I, I understand. Long, yeah. yeah, this is going to be a long road. This is, this is not an easy, uh, like, one-day fix. Uh, just like uh, any movement, if you, you look at... Uh, you know, the ab abolishment of slavery in America did not happen overnight. We had to come together, white and black, to, to get where gay rights in America. If you look at even women rights, we are still fighting for it. So this is not an overnight movement. And I hope people of Iran know that. And they and I we also tell our American friend, friends, bear with us because we are bombarding your Instagram with <laughs> our stuff. Uh, bear with us. We are about to make history. We are about to make history, but it's gonna be a long uh, it is gonna be a long uh, road. Mm. Hopefully not, but we are ready for that. We are ready to um, journey <laughs> with our people to see where we're gonna we're gonna get from here. Yeah, I think that there is a long road ahead and, and it requires endurance and patience and, you know, bravery and courage. And I think that the more that people like you share their stories and talk about what's important, raise awareness, then that keeps encouraging others to continue to share and continue to protest and continue to speak up. So this is one thing we learned, you know, from our yoga practice that when it's not a snap your fingers and just do the asana, it's a uh, a slow, steady process that unfolds over, you know, many years of practice. So if we, you know, take that inspiration from the yoga practice and treat this as this is a really difficult asana we're working on, but we're not going to give up. We're going to keep at it, just chip away at it, you know? And some days we may, may be overwhelmed with emotions and some days we may be thinking clearly, but we're just going to keep chipping away at it and, and never give up. And that's, that I think is so important for everyone who's listening, who's a yoga practitioner to, you know, not turn away and not turn the page, but to really open, open the heart to what, what, you know, what lies ahead in this, in this struggle, in this case, um, you know, this fight for equality, as you said, that's not just about the women of Iran, but really is a, a global issue that if we, you know, can think about all the different intersections that come and use, you know, one struggle as a touch point for another and to really figure out, well, what can I do in this moment? And at the very least, everybody can reshare on Instagram and at the very least, everybody can stay educated and abreast of the situation. So in terms of 
um, your personal story. I would like to ask us maybe a few more questions um, because people uh, might wonder what it was like for you when you were 25 um, living in Iran and then you said you came over for your education. Had you been um, following the morality police code and dressing with the hijab and covering your hair completely. So what was that like to come over for education? And, you know, I see you now and you don't have a hijab on and you live in, you know, um, the, you know, the Eastern seaboard of the U S and what was that like for you? And did you immediately know, you know, I, I, I want to stay or did it unfold slowly? And would you just share with everyone what that process was like for you? Oh, thank you for asking this, because this is actually very interesting. Like, uh, and I think a lot of Iranian can relate uh, to this. And we in America, we don't even understand this concept. What does it mean if someone tells you you have to cover your hair? I mean, when you don't believe in it, like, I mean, like, if you're not religious, I mean, why you have to do this? If you're religious, okay, go ahead and do it. But why someone else has to tell you this? And for us, it was so normal because we went to school and at age nine, they tell you that you have to cover. Um, At the beginning, it was actually more strict. And then, you know, it became like a fashion statement. It was just, we have to have something over it, but it doesn't have, didn't have to be covered, covered. Um, but you know what? We didn't know um, how much is taken away from us until I came. I, until I came to America, I realized, oh my God! Even I still had a dream that they are arresting me years after I came to United wow. States. I'm like, the trauma was real. But wow. we were in it. When you are in it, you don't know. Uh, I guess like you just live your life, and this was becomes part of your body. I mean, you're, you don't even think about it. And I was always a very happy girl. I mean, I just like did everything. I was a skier. I was a yogi. I grew up in a very open-minded family, very progressive. My dad is an atheist. My mom did not, we did not, I did not grow up with any religion. So for me, we could party inside our homes, but outside we had to pretend. We lived a double life, which is so bizarre now thinking about it. But it did not even bother me at the time because I was just having a happy, living a happy existence. But then, um, you know, when I came to United States and, you know, noticed like, oh, I can just go out without worrying that someone is going to tell me you're like, fix your scarf or whatever. Then it was just at that moment of awakening, just, oh, oh my God, they look, we didn't have the most basic human rights in Iran. And we didn't even, we were not even aware of it. It was just like, I don't know. Um, but then I came here and I was just like, this is not acceptable. and. I, I I do not want to go back to those days ever again. Um, as much as I love Iran, I, just living in under that condition is just it's just like a someone that has never tasted something, and you mm-hmm. ask them like, how does it taste, you don't know. And you're just like you know you think everything is okay until you come and you say oh it was not okay, right? <laughs> so that's how I was raised. I not not raised that that's the environment I grew up in. Um, and I think, but 
our generation was different. I was born in 1977. I'm 44 years old. Now, this generation is very much exposed. They are very much internet savvy. Uh, they they see the, the the free world and they're like, why someone else has to tell me this? But in America, people have freedom <laughs> to choose, right? Um, and I think it's just the different generation. That's why they're so brave. The people who are getting killed in the street of Tehran and other uh, cities in Iran, they're in their... They are 18 years old. They're 16 years old. This, these are the brave kids that they are informed. They know about freedom. They know what is happening. We didn't know. I mean, back then we were just like, okay, this is handed to you. Play your card pretty well. And I played it pretty well. I just used whatever freedom that I had to live life to the max. I never lived a half life. And that's, that's what, how I am. I lived up to my name. I was always a free spirit. I am a free, even in that, those situations, uh, harsh situation that, you know, things were forced. And I think that, that this reminds me of the, the poem uh, by Khalil Gibran. It's like, don't live a half life. I think women of Iran are, are screaming that. I'm not going to live a half life. I want a full life. And that's what they're doing. They're way more savvy. They are way more brave than my generation. And kudos to them. Um, we all want to grow up being like them. <laughs> 18 years old. <laughs> Definitely inspirational to see how, you know, how much is on the line to go out and protest. Because it's not like protesting in the U.S. or in Europe or in other democratic countries where, okay, people are protesting. You know, maybe if, if you if you break some property, you're going to get a slap on the wrist from the police, but you're not going to get you know, you're not you're, you're not going to get shot at in the same way. There's not this authoritarian regime that will, you know, um, really make a change. I just you know, there are these pivotal moments in in history, you know, there's um there's that image of the man who stood in front of the tank in Tiananmen Square. And this created a, a shift. However, there hasn't been kind of a regime change in China. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's sometimes takes a lot and a long time before there's actual change. And I think this is a very interesting and, and very useful conversation to have in a prescient moment for the world. While, you know, uh, the brave people of Iran are on the streets, then at the same time, there's a turn towards, you know, fascist adjacent politics that we see in the recent elections in Italy, over here in Europe, and of the, you know, um, certain political groups in the United States that find themselves embracing that same fascist adjacent type of, um, you know, philosophy. And we have to be so careful and so um, respectful of what democracy and what freedoms really represent. And if this is something that can give us pause and give us motivation to, to, to use the freedoms that are at our disposable, at our disposal to, you know, protest, to use our voice freely, to educate ourselves and to take advantage of that. And also as a last note to everyone to vote, you know, to everyone who has the right to vote, this was not something that was just always there for everyone. So, 
we have to, in every country, continue to vote. You know, the recent elections in, you know, even in democratic countries, when the voter turnout is is just above fifty percent, then we don't have a fair representation of what the population is thinking. And when the minority begins to represent the, the majority, then the whole tenets of democracy start to crumble. So if we can take this moment, this prescient moment, and these protests, the brave protesters in Iran, to bring us back to the heart of what our you know, democratic principles represent, then we can use this moment to recalibrate our own course you know, and say, oh, well, we need to, we need to check our own path as well. So um, yeah, I think this is a really really, really wonderful movement, a brave movement. And I think you're very brave for sharing your story so openly. And I just ask you if you have any last things to share, and perhaps you'll also share where people can find you and how um, maybe they can take a class with you or at one of the studios you founded in the States. So the name of my yoga studio is Easy Day Yoga. I'm in Northern Virginia. And um, I think if people want to support us, uh, we are gathering in Farragut um, uh, Square in, in uh, Washington, D.C. on Saturday at 4 p.m. Uh, we are hoping for a huge turnout. Um, and, you know, it was interesting. We were there last week and Americans were just like, what is happening? Because we just like the entire DC was blocked with, uh, you know, we were marching and uh, people were just clapping and just like supporting us. Um, honestly, I, if anyone wants to support this is just to stay informed, um, notice, uh, just, just realize how precious your freedom is and protect it. As you said, go vote, do your activism. Don't limit yourself to your family and your small circle and think that just because you go to yoga and meditation and whatever, and everything is peaceful and good, you did your part in this world. Live, it, live your footprint. Your footprint is your activism in this world that goes beyond you and your family and your yoga studio and your yoga class. We have that power. We cannot stay small. And this is the message of Iranian people. If nothing, it's just a reminder that we have a bigger uh, duty in this world. We did not just come to stay in our circles and just be happy. It is, yes, of course, the pursuit of happiness is important. Everybody wants to be happy, but there are times that you need to be angry. There is time that you need to be upset as what is as what is happening. If you stay silent, you are supporting the oppression, as the, this is Dr. Luther King saying. So we all need to know that. You know, when I saw what happened in our capital and how the po police and people are getting beaten, if I stayed silent, if I then, then you know what? I'm, I'm, I, I'm not practicing my yoga. Injustice ev anywhere in the world matters. Yours, your words matters. Your activism matters. So all I want is just like, I don't need anyone to come and take my yoga class. When you sit in your meditation, when you go to your yoga, remember you have a duty. And that's the gift you can give to me and to the entire world is the gift of your activism to stay expansive. That's what it means to be a yogi off the mat, to speak up and 
kudos to you and thank you for giving me this platform for this is our yoga as well. This is the continuation of our yoga off the mat. We can do our hard things. We can uh, shift the consciousness of the world. We as a woman, we need to tap into that female energy and use it and use it and just be the voice of one another. We are the continuation of Iranian women. Doesn't matter what country. And I am super grateful that I had this chance to talk to your audience. And thank you for being the voice of Iranian woman. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS. And that's at www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.